every year, the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives and Alternatives publishes a living wage report that calculates the hourly wage two parents need to make to support a family of four. And that would include food, shelter, childcare, and other essentials that would have to be covered uh, in a family budget. And all of you out there listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, this year's living wage uh, that is required to live in Vancouver has gone up a whopping 17%. Joining me now to talk about this issue is Anastasia French, a provincial manager for Living Wage for Families BC. Anastasia, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I know we we spend uh, a lot of time on this show and on many of our talk shows here talking about cost of living and inflation, but were you expecting to see such a large jump this year? I think we we all knew that the living wage was going to go up. I think all of us have seen how expensive life is whenever we go to the grocery store or we put more gas in our cars or anything like that. Um, But I think we weren't probably expecting it to go up by 17%, which is higher than the rate of inflation. And that's largely because actually the costs, inflation measures a lot of things, but what we're measuring is what's in the budget for a low-income worker. And those those costs have gone up even higher than than inflation has. So... uh... $24.02 is what it it takes for each parent uh, to earn uh, per hour uh, or roughly about $43,000 annually in order to meet the most basic cost of raising two kids. That's that's the right number, $24.02 per hour? $24.08. Eight cents. Eight cents. Okay. Um, And I'm seeing here that in Victoria, it's actually $24.29. Why is Victoria more expensive uh, than, uh, than Vancouver? Yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's because, so traditionally, Vancouver has always been the most expensive place to live because Mm -hmm. primarily because of how much it costs to rent. And it's definitely not that life has got more affordable for Metro Vancouver families. It's just that now it costs the same amount to rent in Victoria as it does in Vancouver. But what is more expensive in Victoria is the cost of food. And I think it's the additional cost of trying to get food over to the island that has really has made, meant that Victoria overtakes Vancouver as the biggest, the most expensive city in BC. Uh, if you take out this past year, what have the increases generally been? Are they about a dollar increase per year, a little less? Uh, rather than uh, Right now, it looks like the the living the cost of living went up four dollars extra per hour since last year what do the usual increases look like we usually um, tell employers that they should budget maybe two or three percent um, increases there was one year where actually the living wage went down because of all of the government investments that had really helped um, families with children and that was in uh, 2018 it was actually at its peak um, and then it went down in 2019 and then uh, it's only now has it three years later it's completely overtaken that figure and that is because of just how much more expensive it is to both get food in the grocery stores and also to rent and in particular with rental it's for those people who have to move whether that's because they've been evicted or maybe they've just moved to the city or for whatever reason they're paying 10 to 20 percent more in rent than those people who who kind of get to stay in their apartments and kind of can benefit from the rent control measures that are currently in place uh currently um with your study what uh, are we paying for groceries how much of an increase have we seen there um, so we've seen a 17% increase in the cost of groceries, um, and I think we now we budget about $1,100 a month for a family of four to pay for groceries. So it's gone up a, a little bit, uh, or 100. I think looking looking here, it's gone up an average of about $161 over the course of a year to just as you say to $1,100. Um, let's talk a little bit about the minimum wage. I think it's $15.65 at this at this point. There was a lot of debate. Uh, when it was brought in uh, by the Minister of Labour, uh, Harry Baines. Um, 
What would you like to see done? Because you're going to have employers, uh, small business owners, the restaurant industry saying, look, we have had a significant increase in regards to the minimum wage. We cannot continue because we're already having difficulty as it is in a in sort of a, in a COVID environment, post-COVID environment. What would your organization like to see based on your report? Well, I think there's, there's, there's the sort of a discussion to, that we want to have with um, living wage employers who are already paying above and beyond, and now suddenly they're, pay, they're going from paying 2052 to to, uh, to 2408. And I, I know that's a significant hike for those employers, but also um, that employers have told us that they've actually already been increasing wages to to $25 an hour because they've been really struggling to hire. That's for some employers. Um, for other employers who are listening and they're not quite they're not quite at 24 they're not at $20 an hour yet. What I'd say is to to do what you can because it makes business sense to make sure that your staff are well looked after and can can afford to live in the communities that you're operating in because um, it, it helps uh, reduce retention um, sorry increase retention um, help with recruitment uh, increases morale um, it really kind of it, it makes business sense as well as um, as well as moral sense uh, and then there are some employers who 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 probably who do need that pushing from government to get there um, and I think it's really important that people can afford to, to pay for rent and to pay for food and these are really just the essentials in a family budget and there's an eight dollar an hour gap now between that minimum wage and actually what people need to live on um, and the government have they have said they're going to increase the minimum wage in line with inflation which is helpful but that's 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 six percent this year, not not the seventeen percent, which actually low wage work the additional costs that low wage workers are facing. Uh, do you have a number for what it costs per hour for for a similar family in Toronto or Calgary? I'm just curious. Yeah, so the living wage for Calgary is twenty one dollars and forty nine cents an hour, and the living wage for Greater Toronto for the GTA is twenty three fifteen. So I think it's important to note that that's not just Toronto; that's also Mississauga. So that would be the equivalent of us including like the Fraser Valley in our in the Metro Vancouver calculations. And I think there's a difference in kind of costs that you have in the big city as you do in kind of Abbotsford and Chilliwack, and their living wage is a lot lower. So Vancouver is the most expensive uh, in Canada. Well, Victoria. Well, Victoria. Victoria, Victoria sorry. Yeah, Victoria. Yeah. I, I'm, so, I'm so used to saying Vancouver year <laughs> I know, after year. I know, year. but this time it's now Victoria. Yeah. And actually, interestingly, the highest living wage that we calculated was for the village of Dajingit in Haida Gwaii. Um, but that takes into account the fact that when you live somewhere that remote, there's additional costs that you have in terms of ferries and stuff like that. But also food is far more expensive on Haida Gwaii than it is in other parts of the province. Did you include Kelowna and, and other parts of the, the, the interior in the north at all in regards to the study? We did. So the living wage for Kelowna is $22.88 an hour. Um, so it's just um, a bit below, uh, well, a couple of dollars below Victoria. The other interesting thing we found was that the, the higher the higher other communities are all those resort towns. So the second highest living wage is Golden. Uh, Revelstoke is pretty, pretty high, as is Fernie. And I think that, that points to the housing shortage that lots of them face and also the childcare shortage and how much more expensive childcare is in those resort communities. Well, I mean, it, you know, there was a time where you moved to small town BC for uh, a better quality of living. You're paying less for housing. But as you say... There's the childcare challenges and housing challenges as well when you go to places like the Kootenays interior. I mean, it's, it's not just a Vancouver issue. It's, it is quite well, fascinating, you know. Yeah, and the other thing that's also fascinating is we, we, we tweaked our methodology for rural areas. So mm-hmm. we assume in Metro Vancouver and Victoria and urban areas that a family has a, a, a 
used one used car and a transit pass. But what we heard from our rural areas is that you can't get by on the transit. Either there is no transit or if there is a transit, it doesn't work on Sundays. So we've actually adapted the methodology for rural areas to include the, the cost of two used cars. And so that's pushed up their living wages slightly. Um, and so if actually government was to invest in making more affordable transit in those rural areas, it would help lower costs. Uh, for families and also for those employers who want to pay a living wage. I mean, this, I, you can't answer this question, but I want to ask it anyway. How do we get out of this and beyond just them, you know, raising minimum wage? I mean, I, I don't know how we get out of this issue. I mean, and we can't continue to live like this. You know, three or four years from now, and I speak to young people even even in this office who rent in and around Vancouver, uh, work here with me, and how difficult it is just to find a place to live. Never mind if you do find a place, you're paying $23, even $2,500 a month for a, a one-bedroom apartment. I mean, at what point do we just, we have to walk away and we can't sustain this as an economy, um, as just a society. Well, but I think there is stuff that government can do. And we've seen that with childcare. So childcare used to be the second most expensive item in the family budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of government investments and because of government commitment and um, drive and all of that, the cost of childcare now has gone down. Uh, it only went up by 1% this year. So compare that to the increases we've seen in all the other budget items. And childcare is now the third most expensive item in the family budget. What we want is government to, to take that passion, that commitment, everything that they've done on childcare and turn to making housing more affordable. David Eby has suggested some ideas of things that he's going to do when, in Premier, with, when he's Premier and they hopefully will be really positive. But I think that there's, there's more that can be done to both scale up the building of affordable housing, uh, looking at things like zoning and stuff like that. That will take time. Mm-hmm. So there's also things that should be done immediately. So as well as the investments in more affordable housing, which should happen, absolutely. There are things like, for example, rent control, where it's tied to the unit rather than the individual. Because what we found is that the reason the living wage has gone up by 17% for housing this year is because um, as soon as you have to move, suddenly your rent goes up by 10-20%. Um, and often people are being evicted or rent evicted because the landlord wants to put the rent up and they shouldn't be doing that, but there are ways around it. Um, and so what we want is that the rent control comes in and it's tied to the unit so that regardless of if it's an existing tenant or it's a new tenant, actually the rent only goes up by 2-3% every year rather than the 10-20% that happens as soon as you're having to look now. Anastasia, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you.